At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Ron Hicks, and we are talking about a Christian response to COVID. Ron, welcome to the program. Thank you. Christian response to COVID. And this is not the first time we've done this program either. It's not. It's not. And why do we have to keep doing it? Well, because we need to be reminded of biblical principles, Christian principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this second wave of COVID-19, which appears to be deadlier, more contagious, it's taking lives of people who are younger uh, 30, 40, 50 year old somethings who are not vaccinated are dying from COVID. Well, it's taking dignity from believers as well. And I mean that by saying this it's the way people are treating each other. Um, it, nowadays, we live in a society where um, the devil is trying to separate everybody into us and them. And so, depending on what side of the issue you're on, you're either the us or the them. And, you know, you, you can always tell if, if God's in it. God divides to multiply. And what I mean by that is remember when uh, Paul and, uh, and Barnabas went on their missionary journey, and the scriptures are silent really on why uh, Mark had to leave, but, but Mark had to leave in the middle of the missionary journey. So as Paul's getting the team back together again, and Barnabas says, okay, I'll, I'll uh, talk to Mark and get him together. And Paul says, whoa, wait a minute. And it said that Paul and Barnabas got into a sharp dispute, and basically he said, hey, Mark, uh, kind of abandoned us last time, and he's not going to do it this time. And so it appears that there's division there. But what God used is now uh, one missionary team becomes two. So God divides to multiply. The devil divides to destroy. And so if you take a look at what's going on, if division is taking place and the mission, the ministry is destroyed, then God's not in that. And so when God divides, he does so to multiply. When the devil divides, he does so to destroy. Well, and that's a good good point, Ron. I think another way to look at it, too, is that when the enemy means to mm-hmm. harm and to disrupt, God can use it for his good. I think that's another angle of what you're, what you're saying. And we certainly have seen a lot of division over COVID protocol, uh, to mask or not to mask, to get vaccinated or not to get vaccinated, to have church services or to do them virtually and online. There's a lot of division, a lot of anger, and I would submit that Christians should not be marked by their anger or their division or their criticism, but we should have the mind of Christ when we do all things, and especially in a time of crisis. Uh, the COVID is a crisis. I, Ron, I took a couple of calls. Actually, one was uh, uh, in person over the phone, and then I took another call that was, um, it was a message left from me. Both of them were angry about what's happening because they think essentially it's a hoax <laughs> that might be overgeneralizing, but one person likened it to a cold, that it's just like a bad cold, and why are we having to do all these things and go through all these hoops? And the other person saw it as possibly a conspiracy. He was kind of a conspiratorialist, and this is a way to get more power and the way for the government to control us, and... On both of those accounts, uh, I think they miss the mark. Well, I think people are going to be reactionary, and no matter what what it is, 
my little sister has her doctor's degree in nursing. And when I when this first happened, I started chatting with her about it, about the vaccines and all the rest of that. And I said, well, what about these people that think it's a hoax? And she said, well, and she, she actually is a nurse at a very large hospital in a different state. She said, I would invite them to be able to come and see the refrigerated trailers that we have because our morgue is so full that we can't keep people. And she said, so they can, they can take a look at those refrigerated uh, trailers and to be able to tell the family members of the people who are now residing in those trailers or their remains are in the trailers, and she can convince them that it's a hoax. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously being facetious in that, but folks are dying. They're dying, and consider how serious it is in Kentucky. West Kentucky is absolutely in the middle of a crisis right now where you have emergency rooms that are filled up. You have emer- the uh, critical care beds are filled up. People from other states, and the southeast is hit hard. Yeah. Hospitals in other states are calling here to West Kentucky and across the state, for that matter, looking for rooms for beds to put critical care patients. Oh, they're not uh, available. Yeah, I was reading in, in Time Magazine uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago where um, they are uh, they have patients out in the hallways. Um, uh, one of our local hospitals here, for the first time in what most people can remember, they've opened up a second intensive care unit, um, and so the 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 problem is real for sure. Now. What you decide to do as far as your medical treatment is, is, is your business, you know. Um, uh, but when, when, when somebody makes a medical decision based on their own well-being and their own medical history and all the rest of that, um, the devil loves to be, man, when he can get a toehold. So if, if the devil can get a toehold between you and I as brothers in Christ and, and cause an us and them sort of a division, where you're making a medical decision based on what you know, your family knows, and all the rest of that, who am I to come along and say, you don't have faith, you don't have courage, you're a coward, you know, because you're taking this vaccine, you just don't trust in the Lord, and all the rest of that, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, that's not, that's not talk that brothers in Christ share with each other, that, that's, that's how enemies talk it's to each other. It's not loving, it's not thinking the best of the other person, it's not considering their circumstances. Yeah. And we need to give people space to think through this decision for themselves and what's best for them and their families. Mm -hmm. We also need to give grace because there is division in the church and how we think about this. But we need to give grace to others who have a different position. And uh, when we have both grace and space, it makes for a much better church. And really, of all people who should model charity and graciousness and kindness, it should begin in the church. Absolutely. We and, can't do it in the church, Ron. There's really not a whole lot of hope for the world. Exactly, exactly. This is, these are admonitions from the Lord uh, for us to do that. Uh, for those who still do not believe that there's a crisis in Kentucky, and by the way, I'm not using that word uh, just to get people upset. You're not trying to insult anybody. Or scare or, people. No, not at all. Not. I don't mm-hmm. think we should be no. afraid. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But just to bring into focus how serious this is, the Kentucky National Guard has been activated to uh, go to hospitals. There are hospitals across the state that are undermanned, and they're going to be going to 21 hospitals to help overwhelmed healthcare workers, particularly with maintenance and upkeep and clerical, non-clerical type duties that um, just keeps the hospital running. So uh, 4,000 new cases a day in Kentucky. National Guard is in. 
And this is something where when we as Christians, we, we understand the situation, it is serious. This is not a conspiracy. It's not a hoax. Real people are dying. I have uh, two, one of my staff members that had COVID, and he was hit hard. His wife got it. She was hit hard. In fact, she was at the emergency room three times. Her COVID developed into pneumonia, and it was very serious. She was they're, they're both fine now, right? They're both, they're both fine. They're recovering. The mm-hmm. But it was a hard go for a while. They were terrible, miserable. Now, this may not, it may not be something that you feel uh, that, you can, that you can answer um, because it's their information, but do, were, they, were either one of them vaccinated? Do you feel comfortable they answering were not. that? Yeah, I don't mind because nobody knows. I've got several people on staff, so nobody will know who this was. They were not vaccinated, but they were both in good health. They both ate well. They exercised, uh, did not have secondary health issues, but they got it, and they, uh, they, they really suffered. Uh, we do know that with the second wave, Ron, that it is much more contagious. And we know that uh, people at younger ages are dying. It's not just those with secondary health issues. It's not just those 70 and older. Those were the two main groups, as I understood it early on, that were greatly impacted by COVID. In the second uh, wave, people that are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, they're getting it and they're dying. Mm-hmm. Well, now you were part of part of that first wave, right? The seventy and over wave. Yeah, no, <laughs> I had a birthday, but I'm not uh, that <laughs> not old. that old. Well, yeah, Richard's yeah. a grandfather, but he's a very young grandfather. Yeah. So that's right. That's <laughs> Is right. that what I was supposed? You? Yeah, I didn't know that we needed to share that right now, but I guess since you put it out there, go ahead. Why not? <laughs> well, we we can laugh about these sort of things, but the but the reality of the situation is that it's not it's not humorous because there are I mean within churches within denominations. There is a tremendous amount of discord and, and back by all the things that you're not supposed to have because uh, of, of some of the language that's being used. Now, I understand when somebody says, don't be, you know, don't, uh, the Bible says, don't worry, because by worrying, you can't add a, uh, an inch to your height, you know, a day to your life sort of thing. And we realize doctors say that, in fact, worrying will subtract days from your life. Uh, but it's not a question of faith or a lack of faith when you decide to get a shot. Um, when you get in your car and you put your seatbelt on, is that a lack of faith or is that just a safety apparatus? You know, if you lock your door at night, is that a lack of faith or are you just, you know, is it being prudent? And so, Ron, one of the Proverbs says that the wise man sees trouble on the horizon and he prepares accordingly. That's a Nelson paraphrase, but it is in the Proverbs. And so we see trouble in our culture, in our society. There's a pandemic. Over 650,000 Americans have died. 4,000 new cases in Kentucky a day. It's real. This is not made up. Real people are being hurt. Real people are dying. And as Christians, I would say that we do what we can do to protect ourselves from getting the disease and to protect others from, from, we don't want to be a conduit to spread the disease either. So those, those are two things that we keep in mind. I, I hear people criticizing against the masks and we've, I've had some discussions on this. I know there are different opinions, but in principle, if you put something over your face, let's say it's a new mask every day, you're going to stop the, 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 the air uh, molecules. You'll, the, what am I trying to say? The vapors, the vapors coming from your mouth to spread the disease. Uh, if you wear a dirty mask, uh, you might have some problems mm-hmm. with bacteria that grows mm-hmm. in it. But, you know, the Bible says that we should... All things to all people, so that by all means we might win some. And I realize the context there wasn't in wearing a mask during a pandemic. But 
if, um, you know, we had a staff meeting this morning and our minister of, of music and outreach uh, came in and wore, a, um, a, no, no, at first he, he didn't have his mask on. Uh, and our secretary who takes care of an elderly mother, he said, would you feel more comfortable if I wear a mask? And uh, we, we have plenty of room in the office. She said, no, no, that's fine. But what I heard him saying is, I care about you. I care about the situation that you're in. Um, I care about you. And she heard that as well, you know, without him saying that. And so when you're wearing a mask, I think, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to agree or disagree with it. I mean, for Pete's sakes, we had officials that, that, that made their living doing this sort of stuff, and they're not sure at first. How many times have we heard that the mask is good, the mask is bad, the mask is good, eggs are good, pork is bad? You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, when, when somebody else says, if you'd feel more comfortable if I wear a mask, then I'd be happy to do that. That speaks volumes as to what kind of person you are. It's showing care and concern for others around you, and uh, we're told compassion. We're told to in in scripture to esteem others better than ourselves, which is hard to do. It's hard, but when the Spirit of Christ is in you, when the Holy Spirit is in you, it's possible where we are thinking of the well-being of others, and they may not be in the same place with us, Ron. Uh, I I. I understand that people are in different places when it comes to vaccinations. And the point here, I'm not going to tell people what they should do. I think that they should pray about it. I think also from a biblical worldview, we realize that science is a gift from God. Technology and medicine are gifts from God. And we live in a Genesis 3 fallen world where there is disease and there is death. And we do the things we can do to stem disease and and to at least prolong and push away death, the, the, the final death date. But there are things we can do now uh, and not be cons- to think the worst of it. By the way, there are a lot of different news outlets that are drumming up fear and they've got conspiracy theories. Right. Be cautious as to what news outlets you're plugged into. Make sure it's reliable information. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're credible sources. I see I almost every day I have these videos that are sent to me or a news article sent to me. Somebody says, Richard, have you seen this? Richard, have you seen that? I've never even heard of the person. I don't see uh, that they're a medical, you know, a, a epidemiologist, or I don't see the MD behind their name. I'm less inclined to listen to somebody who is not a professional. And I think we need to be cautious as to who we listen to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, even last Sunday, uh, the message was, you know, our, our, uh, our theme for this month is welcoming wisdom and uh, the idea of, of welcoming wisdom from God's Word. And uh, the question we ask is, who do you give permission to sow into your life? Um, you know, do you, do you seek wise counsel? Um, you know, there's this old uh, Chinese proverb, whether it's Chinese proverb or not, I don't know, but it says, uh, be careful when you argue with a fool because somebody watching won't be able to tell who's who, you know? And so we, we've got to be careful who we allow to sow into our life, who do, we, who, who do we allow to speak into our life, and then by the same token, who is it that we're quoting, you know? Uh, I, I think— I, I uh, thought you—can I interrupt? I thought you were going to use the, pro, the Chinese proverb that says, do not use a hatchet to remove a fly from your friend's forehead. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad you— Well, I, I, that, yeah, I, that was—you know, listen, direct pressure will stop the bleeding. I, I told you I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> All right. Hey, Ron, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. We're up on a hard break. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with Ron Hicks. Take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. 
Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. It's clear that we're living in confusing and challenging times where law and culture are increasingly hostile to Christian values. So how do you maintain your faith and convictions? That's a question that we're helping to answer at our Christianity and Culture Conferences. The goal is to help believers to understand the culture and how to respond in an effective and winsome way. And we'd love for you to join us. The first two were well-received, and we look forward to seeing you at our fall conferences in Bowling Green, Paducah, and in Somerset. To find out more, go to CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. That's CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org, and we look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. Richard Nelson here with Ron Hicks, and we are talking about a Christian response to COVID. And Ron, just before the break, we were talking about the um, maybe unchristian response that we're seeing. There's a division in the church as to how we should respond. The mass camp, the no mass camp, vax camp, anti-vax vax camp. And we got to be even careful about saying an unchristian response. And I know what you meant by that, but but you know, it's very easy for us to get drawn into the us and the them. So maybe maybe not the best response. Well, wouldn't you say, though, that there are things that Christians do that are unchristian? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because, okay, okay, let me put a finer point to what I'm saying, that when you have somebody who says they're a follower of Jesus that is thinking the worst and imputing motives on somebody, the worst motives, you know, you're fearful. You're just, you're not spiritual enough. You're fearful. You're you know, don't get the vaccine. Right, right. That is not a biblical response, is right. it? Right. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. So um, since none of us is perfect, that's why we follow the Messiah and we don't follow each other. <laughs> so uh, absolutely. But again, we got to be cautious because sometimes by by stating stuff like that, we cause offense. And, and there's no reason for us to cause offense, particularly with brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is not the intention of this program. However, I am seeing... Again, personal conversations, social media posts. I'm seeing some things in the church that are troubling. And so maybe let me just speak just right now to the to those who identify as believers and followers of Jesus. Temper your comments. Be thoughtful. Be biblically based. Um, temper your comments, realizing that there's a wide range of where people are on this. Lead with grace, right? Be careful in what you say, and give. Be gracious, and then give space. Grace and, respect, and space. Respect of what others. Just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that they're they're your enemy. Just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that they haven't researched and they haven't come to a, an informed decision. Just because you don't agree with somebody, I mean, you and I have joked about this before. You're a Green Bay Packers fan. I don't understand why anybody. I don't know why anybody would want to be a Green Bay Packer fan instead of a Washington. Redskins fan, um, but uh, but that doesn't mean we're enemies. You know, we're brothers in Christ, and there's things that you and I have discussed sometimes for hours, and we don't see eye to eye on those things. But I love you like a brother because the Spirit of God is in me, and if God is your Father and God is my Father, then that means we're brothers, and we've got to figure out a way to make it work. And we've got to figure it out in the church how to make it work with the wide variety of opinions. I think some of I touched on it before the break, but we need to realize that science is a gift from God. Medical technology and vaccinations are a gift from God. And even as I say that, there are people that don't see it that way. Yeah, they may they may all of a sudden say, oh, I, I can't listen to that, uh, you know, because they, they completely disagree with you. But, but you know what? 
we're free moral agents. We get to decide. God's revelation is, is perfect. Man's interpretation is where the flaws are. And so if we, if we don't agree on the interpretation of information and those sort of things, again, brothers and sisters, it does not make us enemies. It doesn't make us enemies. So we ought to treat each other. Even if we're enemies, the Bible says love your enemy and pray for them. But we're not enemies, and we should love each other and pray for each other. So treat each other well in the church with grace, with care, with compassion, thinking the best of other people's decisions. Now, obviously, if somebody's making a bad decision, clearly bad decision, then you need to step absolutely, in yeah, and, and point uh, that yeah, out. Yeah, right, sure. If it's dangerous to yourself and others, absolutely. The other thing that's so needed is for us not just to learn to get along in the church with differing opinions. We need to model this for the world. There's, it's even harder, you know, if we, we who say we are followers of Jesus, that we're trying to live life in a way that honors him. Um, how much harder is it for those outside of the church that don't have the Spirit of God in them. So if the culture is going to see grace, it means that the church and those in the church have to demonstrate grace in the culture. It begins with us being gracious to one another, but then we step out and we uh, engage with grace uh, in the world as well. So I would say ask yourself this, how can you be a good neighbor? How can you be a good community member? And this means what you shared earlier about the worship leader here, Asking another staff member, hey, would you feel more comfortable if I had a mask? It starts with simple things like that. Yes. In John 13, 35, and this is from the NIV version of God's Holy Word, it says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So th- this, is the, this, is the, this is the thing. If you love one another. If you love one another. People who love one another don't insult. They don't degrade. They don't uh, sow discord, they don't backbite, they don't gossip, they don't do all those things. If you love one another, you act like you love one another. And the world is going to know that we're his if we love one another. So you can say to somebody, I don't necessarily agree with them, but I I respect their decision. And so, uh, you know, in our church, our whole center section um, is, is social distance. And if somebody wants to come in wearing a mask and have the social distancing, they sit in the center section. The side sections, um, there isn't any social distancing. And so if you are comfortable, if you've been vaccinated, you feel comfortable uh, coming in and not wearing a mask and sitting. So we try to accommodate everybody. And then we say, as you're leaving, just try to be courteous as you're leaving and try to provide adequate space for those folks who, who may, you know, who want to be, you know, practice the social distancing. So there, there's no, there's, man, there's no one um, size fits all sort of an answer. Um, there's not really, and, and shutting the church down like we did before, I don't think that's the answer. Uh, I think we have to do everything we can to be able to accommodate both, both positions, not both sides, but both positions, and then just, just trust, just trust, trust each other. Ron, you're doing some things here at Henderson Memorial that um, show that you do care about your congregation and the different places that they're in. You are trying to stem the spread of COVID. You're trying to respect the sensitivities of other people. And uh, you've put some policies in place. How's that being received? Uh, well, it, 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 it's been received because I think the biggest thing, just like we mentioned a minute ago where the staff member asked the other staff member, hey, would you feel more comfortable? I think people are seeing, hey, they're, they're doing their best to accommodate me. And uh, you know that old expression, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. The reason that's repeated so often is because it's true. 
And so when somebody comes in and they see we've got hand sanitizer at all the doors, we've got masks provided if you need them, if we've got a section, uh, people walk in, and if it's for their first time or the 50th time, they realize, hey, this place is a place that cares about me. You know, whatever my position is, they care about me. That's really good that you said that. And isn't that how the church should be viewed in society? The church as an institution, as a body of believers, shouldn't they be known for caring, right? Caring deeply about those around them? And, you know, Richard, I I hate to say this uh, because I'm talking about my family now. When I say my family, I'm not talking about my bride or my kids, but I'm talking about the church family. Everybody knows what the church stands against. Um. Often people don't know what the church stands for, and that, that's, that's a cry and shame. Um, so if you ask anybody, what's the church, what's the church against? Well, people, even nonbelievers can rattle off you know, a list of things that, that we're against. And, and, and you know, if it's contrary to the Bible, of course we're against it. But uh, by the same token, people ought to be able to rattle off what we're for. You know, that's, uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. We, we have a list of do's and don'ts. We're really good on the things that we shouldn't do, right? We know that. And, and when there's a public policy that's proposed at the local level or state level, we can rally against it. We can complain about that policy and how bad it is. And that's not wrong. It's not wrong for us to do that. We're not suggesting it's wrong. Granted, it's in the right yeah. spirit and the right mm-hmm. tone. Mm-hmm. But here's the question. What is our vision for a better culture? Ooh. I want you to put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay, I don't what smoke, is, I appreciate you. Okay, yeah, I know. Uh, but really, so figuratively speaking, just mm-hmm. let that sink in. Sure. Let sure. it sink in, and this is something for all of us in the church to be thinking about what is the vision of the church for culture? That's a great, and that's a great question. Here at Henderson Memorial, we decided years ago uh, we don't have a mission statement. We have what we call an action plan, and our action plan is to reach, to teach, and to send. Um, the Bible said Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost before he ascended into heaven. He said, as the father has sent me, so send I you. So we reach people with the gospel, not with programs, not with music, not with, we reach people with the gospel. Then we teach. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples and teach them everything that I've taught you. So we teach what Jesus taught. And then Acts 1, 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses. So we send the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. So we reach, we teach, we send. And if anything that we're doing doesn't reach, teach, and send, then we're not going to do it. And if anything, if, it, if we institute anything that is a detriment to reaching, teaching, and sending, then we don't do it. And so it's very easy for us to plan our programs and our budget and all the rest of that because we've got this action plan, a biblically-based action plan, on what it is that we believe God has called us as a church to do. So you're teaching, you're reaching people for Christ, you're teaching them about Christ's principles, and then you're sending them. Absolutely. We got one minute. One minute. So let me give a plug, another uh, a shameless plug to our upcoming Christianity and Culture Conference. We've got one. These are great we we have done uh, three of these across the state, Lexington, Louisville, and in Bowling Green. Great attendance. We had over 200 in Bowling Green the other week. Uh, this is where we bring in top speakers and ministry leaders to talk about some of the tough issues of the day from a biblical worldview. you just worldview. met with one for lunch, uh, our friend Richard Dixon from uh, Clarksville. Did. Yes. Yeah, great fella. Richard is a black brother, and he is going to be leading a session on racial reconciliation, a biblical worldview. 
Next conference is coming up in Paducah on October the 1st. How do people register? You can go to our website, commonwealthpolicycenter.org. There's more information about the conference there. You can register, sign up today. 